get out of the house is not great. It starts to bring normality to life. And uh, we see we have lots of warriors here this morning. And so it's just great to be here. And uh, our theme this year has been Accelerate. And as I was wrestling about what to speak about this week and, and praying and going back and forth, um, I feel like the Lord has given me a burning message in my heart to speak about. And uh, so I want to just start and I want to just read a scripture first and then I'm going to pray. And this scripture has been probably quoted a lot lately. But it's in 2 Chronicles and it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sins and heal their land. But it's, it's the part that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray. Pray is where I want to spend my time today. Just that, I want to hone in on that word prayer. And we've been talking about Accelerate, and the title of my message would be to accelerate your prayer life. That's something that's needed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that your word says where two or three are gathered together, you're there in the midst. And Lord, I pray today that we uh, gleam something from uh, these scriptures and from this word, Lord, that will change our hearts and move us closer to you, Lord, in these times of of challenge, Lord. Because our hope is not in ourself, our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray, that is a staple in the church that seems to be a lost art today. We come to church, we're Christians, but it seems like prayer is distant in our life. And in this passage of scripture, God is calling his people to prayer. I believe it's important for the church today to be a church that prays and that You folks are the church. We're a people. And that we should be a people of prayer. I really believe that in these challenging times, we need to go to God in prayer. Prayer is so essential and so vital to our Christian walk. You might say, well, why is it? It's our way to communicate with God. If you're not praying... On a daily basis, you're not communicating with God. If I didn't talk to my wife daily and communicate with her, I think our marriage would start to pull apart and we would begin to be distant. And I would begin to not know what she desires and what she thinks and what her heart is. And that's how it is with God when we don't pray. We become distant. And we're growing up, uh, there's, there's young people here growing up in this age, uh, us that are, are, are maybe middle-aged and older, um, are not so much consumed by it, but we can be. 
But we're growing up in a technology age where texting, emails are so important. That's how we communicate now with people. Well, I want to say this morning that that's not how you can communicate with God. You can't send a text to God. You can't send an email to God and expect him to answer a question. You've got to pray. I'm kind of fired up about this this morning. These devices take us away from God. The only way you're going to communicate with God is to begin to speak out of your mouth and pray to him. We've lost the focus of our life, our Christian life. We can't communicate by text or email. It's by prayer. That's how we communicate. It's so vital to our life. It's, it, it seems like we live in an age that everything's instant. Prayer isn't important. We only run to prayer when we're in trouble or when we want something from God. That seems like a one-sided relationship to me. If I only run to my wife when I need something or when I want something, that's when I communicate with her. That's a pretty uh, shallow, I'm saying it pretty straight this morning, and lame relationship. But when I spend time with her, here in her heart, here in her desires, ministering to her, that relationship. You see how vital prayer seems to be? But we don't seem to push it enough in churches. And I think when you see churches and people that pray, Things change. It's so important. You know, probably most of you heard me talk about my upbringing and my mother, but my mother was a, a profound um, woman of prayer. She, she impacted me. You know, I'd come home. Before I went to school, she'd pray over myself and my brother. Uh, if I'd come home uh, in the evening or, or whenever, I would hear her praying. If I went out on a date... She'd be sitting in her chair in the living room praying till I got home. She would call people's names out in the community. Maybe that weren't Christians that were going through hardships. She would pray for them. She would pray for people in the church. She would pray for different pastors and organizations. She would pray for things that were taking place in the world. And I would hear that. It changes you when your house is built on prayer and not on superficial things. Is, is that clear? That's right. Prayers is what's needed. You see, we're in a spiritual war and we win these things by prayer. The Bible says in Ephesians, it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. You see, we, we, there's a, when we begin to pray, we get, begin to be pulled into a spiritual battle. And we need to recognize the spiritual battle. And as things are accelerating in this world, all around us, things are accelerating. Things are changing. And what are we doing? It seems like we're running and hiding. But as things accelerate in the world and we see, um, we see rioting, we see 
COVID. We see dissension and division within political camps and things like that. This is a time that God's people need to stand up and pray. We need to be prayer warriors. So I wrote down some thoughts about how we could accelerate our prayer life. And I really feel that this morning we need to take this to heart. It's not rocket science. It's not hard to retain. Sometimes this, it's, it's simple things we don't do. But we need to be conscious daily of prayer. And my first point would be as a believer and to want to accelerate your prayer this year, I would say first find a place to pray. In Mark 1.35 it says, Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Our Savior found an isolated place to pray. He found that place to be alone and pray. And us as believers need to find that place of prayer. Where is that place of prayer for you? Some people, they, they like to go in the woods and find an old stump and sit down. Some people, it's, it's their bedroom, you know. Some people, um, it, it, it may be in their car. I don't know where your place of prayer is, but you, if you don't have a place of prayer, you need to find a place of prayer. And I don't know how many people have seen that movie War Room, but that lady found a place of prayer. She took her closet. If that's all you have to do, if that's the only place you can find, then clean all your clothes out of your closet and make it a place of prayer. But find a place to pray. And do it on a daily basis. It's essential to your life. I also said as my next point, to set time aside daily to pray. In 1 Thessalonians it says pray continuously. We need to have a meeting time every day that we meet with God. Just like if you get up and you exercise every day and you hit the treadmill first thing in the morning or you go hit the weights or maybe you go for your walk. You know, maybe your routine is to get up first thing in the morning and make your bacon and eggs. You know, I don't know what your routine is every day. Maybe it's to take a protein shake, but you have a routine of some sort. But I challenge you, is God, is your prayer in your daily routine? Think about that. Your day. Have you slotted out a time? Have you made a spot for that specific time to be in prayer with God every day? We need to examine ourselves. If we're not, we need to make that place of prayer. If you want to accelerate your prayer life, if you want to stay the same, then don't do any of these things. If you're happy the way you are, then don't do any of these things. We need to find a place to pray. We need to set a time aside daily to pray. Next, pray according to his will. 
So now we've, we've, we've set time aside and we found a place to pray. Well, how are we going to pray? Well, we're going to pray according to the will of God. The will of God is in his word. In John it says, and this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, not my will, not this person's will or this person's, but you see, if we, have, if we pray according to his will, so when we pray, we need to know what God's will is. This is just simple keys to accelerate your prayer life. Also in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, I love this. It says, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I believe that sometimes we pray the problem and not the answer. But if we find out what God's will is, we will begin to pray the answer in our life. My next point would say, when you're in prayer, that you should speak your prayer. I said in the beginning, it's not by text or by email. But we need to speak our, your prayer out. In Proverbs, it says, in Proverbs 18.21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. In Mark eleven twenty three, it says, For surely I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain. That means speak to the mountain. That's saying, well, what's the mountain in your life? The mountain in your life is the things that we're praying about a lot of times. Right? We need to be vocal in our prayer. And I'm not taking away, there's lots of times I pray under my breath and I pray in silence and I, I think you can do that. But there is a power that comes when we say, when we're in our prayer room or our prayer closet and we get to speak to the mountains in our life. We begin to speak to the challenges and the mountains that want to hold us back and we begin to say in the name of Jesus I speak to that mountain right now be removed and be cast into the sea there's something about when you speak out your prayer it seems like it affects the whole airwaves everything that's around you when you speak that word out and when we begin to do that, we become, it's, it's like we automatically feel opposition from the enemy. I will say when you pray, you need to consider yourself a prayer warrior. Because you're not battling against flesh and blood. You're battling against principalities and powers. So you need to remind yourself of what God has done in the past. The Bible says in Hebrews, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's times when we're in prayer and we're declaring war on the enemy, and the enemy will start to say, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to change. You're not going to get an answer. That's when you begin to speak back and say, oh, right? This is what Jesus did for me. He healed my daughter when she was on her deathbed. He met my financial need when I had no money. You begin to remind yourself 
of the things God has done for you over your life. And you can declare those things out. The God that did the things before will do the things again. We have to know that in our prayer life. Or you'll be beat down. But when you begin to remind yourself of the things God has done, I'm telling you there's a new power. There's a new life comes to you. It gives you faith again. It says the God that did this before can do it again. Accelerating our prayer life. So, I just put down a few spiritual weapons to use in prayer. Because we have resources. And there's many, many weapons we can use in our prayer life. But I'm just going to give you just a few. And, and one weapon we can use in our prayer life is the blood of Jesus. We know the power of the blood. We know the power of what the cross did. We know in the old covenant, it says if you put the blood on your door, that the death angel will pass over. That it brings a protection from the plagues. The blood of Jesus is strong. It says in Revelations that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. There's a power in the blood of Jesus. When you begin to use the blood of Jesus, Satan has to flee. You see, this is a weapon we can use when we're in our prayer room and we're up against walls and we're up against mountains that we got to overcome. We use the blood of Jesus. We cover our family. So you, if you put the blood upon your, your house like they did in the Old Testament, you know, you pray that protection. I pray that daily over my family, over my kids, over my grandkids, over my home, that God would make a hedge, a, an outline around us with the blood of Jesus. Next weapon you could use is the name of Jesus. And we know his name is powerful. He's the son of God. And it says that at his name every knee should bow. And then we jump down and it says every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to know that there's a supernatural power in the use of the name of Jesus. And it says in John that whosoever shall ask anything in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. There isn't a, listen, when we begin to speak the name of Jesus, demons begin to shake. The devil begins to flee. You see, that name is above every name. And sometimes we lose track of that. And when we pray, we need to pray with that power and use the weapons that God has given us to push back Satan and his devices and begin to use the name of Jesus. These are just weapons I use in my prayer life on a daily basis. And I've found that they've done tremendous things you see, this Jesus, this Savior, he spoke with power. He woke up, he walked up to a fig tree and said, I curse you in the name of Jesus, in my name. And that fig tree died, shriveled up and died. 
This man, Jesus, walked among lepers and COVID people and said in my, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus. He wasn't afraid. And that same Jesus lives in us. And that same power is in us. That we can be powerful when we pray. And we shake everything from heaven to earth to under the earth when we use that name of Jesus. There's just something about calling on the name of Jesus. Every time I say Jesus, I feel him. Maybe you say you shouldn't feel things. We used to sing a song called, I used to sing it all the time, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. Do you feel Jesus when you pray? You should. Because when you begin to use his name, it comes out. Next, I touched on a little bit, but the next weapon that you could use is in your prayer life is the word. It's such a powerful thing. So we know we can use the blood of Jesus and we know we can use his name. But the word, it's strong, it's powerful. And in Hebrews it says the word of, the word is, of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. When we use the word of God, it's another weapon that Satan has to flee. Because it's God's word. He's in control of this world. He created everything. He designed it. And the word of God is the law. You know, we may have laws of the land from our government. But in the spiritual realm... God's word is the law. And what his word says is true. And when we begin to quote that scripture back, that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed, or we quote the scripture that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, for our righteousness is of the Lord. When we quote the scripture, the peace of God that passes all understanding will rest on our lives, the enemy has to flee. Because it's the word. The last weapon I'm going to say that I use, I use many weapons, but the last one I'm going to give you is we need to use angels. We don't talk much about angels today. But I learned that from my mother praying that angels are important. And I've seen over my life where angels have protected me. And there's scripture to back that up, and it says in Psalms, the angel of the Lord encamped all around those who feared him and delivered them. You hear it a lot in the Bible. In Hebrews 1 and 14, it says, listen to this, therefore angels are, are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who are inheritance of salvation. Angels are servants to care for us. 
It says they encamp around us. They're protection. In Isaiah, I won't get into the story, but it says, Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, God's people, in the morning, the corpses, they were all dead. I'm going to tell you, you're missing out if you're not praying, commanding the angels to watch over you. As it says in the Bible, they'll watch over you. Uh, there's times I'll, I'll begin to pray and say, I command my angels to watch over my daughter and my son and my grandchildren and my property and my house and my ministry over my finances. If somebody's trying to come against you, because they're, 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 they're servants there to work on our behalf. And they guard us. There's angels here this morning. There's angels that are encamped around about this place. Post them around about you. I know without a doubt there are angels. I, and I've probably told this story before, but I can just remember one time in particular that I'll never forget. That I come around a sharp turn on a, on a highway and it was on a hill, and when I got to the very top on the, on, on the big turn, there was a transport across the road, and there was no place to go. And it seemed like the next thing I knew, my vehicle was setting parallel. It's okay. As I was going around the turn, I'll tell you the story again. And, and it was in the wintertime and it was icy. And there was no way I could stop. It, my vehicle was picked up and put on the snowbank parallel with the road. I don't mean like sideways. It was like it was just picked up and put there. I know there are angels watching over it. I know my sons that have had close calls and accidents that the angels of God that I posted around them kept Joel from hitting the telephone pole and kept Matthew from getting killed when a, a moose run out in front of him and kicked the side of his windows open and not a hair on his head was touched. I know there was angels watching over us. Andre Crouch used to have a song years ago, got me some angels watching over me, watching over me. Well, you got angels at your, at your disbursement. Don't be afraid to call out and say, angels, in the name of Jesus, you got to do this. Because it says they're servants to us. When we're in our prayer time, here's another point. Now I'm out of weapons, but this is a way to pray. Is to pray in the Spirit. Not just with our understanding. But it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. 
for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. When we pray in the Spirit, there's times that we are, are facing uh, tough times or we don't know all the circumstances in, in, in the person's life that needs the prayer and there's nothing you can do but just pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you pray directly to God and you pray the right prayer. And so when you're in prayer, you know, I, I, I pray in, in, in tongues a lot. Because there's lots of times I don't know how to pray. But I know when I begin to pray in the Spirit, I know I'm communicating directly with God. And, and, it, and, it's, and it brings a faith and it brings an assurance that God is working on behalf of what I'm praying. Don't not allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of your prayer life. Because he's a discerner of all things. He knows all things. He's our spiritual GPS. He guides us. We have to pray in the Spirit. And then I would say to let yourself know that God hears our prayer. You ever know there's sometimes you're praying, you say, God, are you really hearing what I'm praying? <laughs> are you still there? Are you still out there? And I talked about earlier about reminding yourself of the things in the past that God has done for you. And I quoted the front part of this scripture, but it says, and now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, I, I read that earlier, but here's what the tail end of that scripture says. He hears us. This is the confidence I have in him. We pray anything of, in his will. He hears us. God hears our prayers today. And he will answer our prayer. Sometimes we think it should be in our timing. But God knows the exact time we need. When we pray, things change. Folks, today, do you want an accelerated prayer life? Do you want to come closer to God than you've ever have in your life? In these times of COVID and rioting and, you know, looting and murdering and all this crazy stuff that's going on, you hear about a new swine flu that's supposed to come out in China. <laughs> you know, like, like, don't have some confidence in the will of God. Have some confidence in your Savior, your God. Because he hears us. This is a time for us to accelerate our prayer life. And not be concerned about what's going around us. And what's happening around us. And not getting our eyes on what's happening around us. But getting our eyes on him. And beginning to pray to him. The author, the finisher of our faith. I encourage you today. Accelerate your prayer life. As things are accelerating around us, let's not look to that. Let's look to God and accelerate and get closer to him. Communicate with him in that place, that isolated place like Jesus did. And continually be in prayer. 
Use the weapons that God's give us. Know that he hears us. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We pray to you, Lord. We humble ourselves today and we pray to you that you would heal our lands, you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, I pray today that you would uh, refresh our prayer life, refresh our desire and our thirst, our hunger to be alone with you, to be in a, in a place of communication all the time, Lord. I pray that that will burn in our spirit today. Lord, I pray we'll be divinely changed today, that we would have a road to Damascus experience in our prayer life, that we will see such an importance that it should be a part of our daily routine. Lord, I pray that on us, on everyone here. Lord, I pray you'll meet every need in the name of Jesus. I come against every work of the devil in the name of Jesus this morning. I rebuke the enemy that may be attacking homes and families in the name of Jesus. And I command you to leave their homes and release them in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus and cover their homes with the blood of Jesus. And I declare angels go and work on their behalf in the name of Jesus. May no weapon formed against our people today, your people today. May you watch over us. May you meet the needs in our life. Lord, may we draw closer to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.